Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. All over the world. Good morning. It is Monday here on Church Boy Confessions. He will direct your path. So what's there to fear again? Ladies and gentlemen, good morning. Good morning. Thank you so much for tuning in once again to the Church Board Confessions Podcast. Happy day after Resurrection Day. Um, it's amazing to be speaking to you guys once again. I am privileged. I am honored. I thank you guys for tuning in. And I thank the Lord for giving me the uh, privilege and being his vessel to get behind this mic every week. And we're back. We're back. We're back. I'm excited for this message. Of course, it's a Resurrection Day message. Come on. Come on. We're not allowed to preach about anything else around Easter. Come on now. Um, We ought to. You know what I'm saying? Like, in all seriousness, we ought to. Because, you know, for me, back in the day, you know, as sinful as I was, I just felt like a little like, okay, it's Easter. We're going to hear about the same old, you know, Calvary message, which I know everything about. So let's have it. You know, at least I would have the the mindset that, like, I'm not going to learn anything new like this week at church or something like that. But I am wrong, all right? And, and you're wrong if you think that too, because there's always some type of new discovery, or even if it's not new necessarily, there's always some type of reminder about the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ that can be a blessing to us, or maybe really the resurrected life that we can now live because um, of Jesus that, that man, it just never gets old, guys. It never gets old. Um, so I hope you had a great Resurrection Sunday. Um, I hope you had a great Good Friday and everything in between. Um, I hope your day has gotten off to a great start, or maybe your night has been good, or maybe you had a really tough day. You listened to this episode after a really tough day, and I just want to encourage you. I want to encourage you, man. Those days, the problem in your life right now, their days are numbered, but yours are not because you are eternal, and you have the Father. You have eternal life. Your days are not numbered, but your problems' days are numbered. Um, First things first. Um, I, I wanted to get something off my chest because I don't feel like a lot of people are talking about it. Uh, really in terms of the uh, victims of the Nashville shooting that happened not too long ago, I don't think enough people are talking about it. So I said, I definitely is going to make sure I talked about it in this episode. Um, I am very eager to call it a hate crime. Um, just given that, you know, not to say that just because someone's transgender and that means that they're, you know, and they harm Christian people, it means that they're that was their motive. So I don't, I'm not going to say that that was their motive, but I just find it given the climate of our nation, it sounds like there might be enough already to claim that this was indeed a hate crime against Christians. But I wonder why the conversation isn't just, you know, louder. And I wonder why, um, there aren't a whole bunch of, uh, politicians on this one. And what's interesting to me is that, you know, we're commonly told that, you know, or at least not, maybe not told explicitly, but there's this idea that the Christians are the ones that hold the power. Um, and I think we've, we've undergone a very in- interesting shift in our nation over the past 20 to 30 years. 
Um, granted, I don't think Christians, real true Christians, were ever in power of this nation. But nevertheless, we, there was a really, you know, evident Christian culture. And that, I think, is gone. Um, and not only is it gone, I think there's a lot of anti-Christian um, sentiment that is growing in this nation. And I think that the Nashville shooting was probably um, something like that. And um, at least that's what I suspect. And just pray. Be praying, y'all. Because times are tough. And I don't know if they're going to get better. They might just genuinely get worse. Um, and just be prayerful. I'm not scared, though. Um, we're on the winning team. But um, be prayerful. And just please continue to keep uh, the victims' families uh, in your prayers for that. And, um, yeah, I wanted to say that. Uh, a couple of announcements is one. We are approaching the next Poetry Jam, which I told you guys is going to be in August. And that means that the first order of business is for us to make sure that we open up auditions, which you guys, we're, we're, we haven't opened up auditions yet. Just relax. But we will be opening up auditions, I believe, the top of next month, April, May. Yeah, the top of May. So be on the lookout for that. All right. You know what I'm saying? There were some people who came to me a little later um, than, you know, uh, than uh what what than our than our deadline period last time so i i made sure that you know i'm gonna hit you up or or just be on the lookout for whenever we do auditions this is me telling you that auditions is coming up within like two three weeks so um just be prepared for that you know what i'm saying we'll open that up soon last but not least with the poetry jam coming up of course uh we have to pay for it so i would love i would love to just take this moment to encourage you all if you feel led if you feel led this is not pressure we're going to do the poetry jam regardless because god's got us we're going to be here i'm going to be here every week doing this uh church board confessions because god got me you know what i'm saying but you know if god wants to get me through you or if god wants to get take care of an associated through you and you feel led to donate to this ministry um so we can continue to do what we do at the level that we do it um, and even excel past that, then please consider making a tax deductible donation to www.unassociate.com slash donate. Um, and yeah, we're going to get to the topic. We're going to get to the topic of this episode. All right. So um, today I want to speak to people who are frustrated with sin because I've been that person that was frustrated with sin. And this past week, I got frustrated with my own sin. Um, I think a lot of us can speak to the amount of times that, you know, we recognize that this is a sin in our lives that we want to end. But although we can also recognize that the Holy Spirit has freed us from the bondage of sin, there is still the reality of us breaking the sinful habits in our lives. And it gets frustrating because we fall into cycles sometimes, you know. Um, and it makes us feel really sad. And it makes us feel very frustrated. We're very frustrated when we sin. You know, we're the type of people, you know, it's not that we can sin and just get away with it. But we sin and then we feel so much guilt and we feel so upset that we dropped the ball. We knew we could have kept going, but we dropped the ball again. Ah, man, I, I, I shouldn't have done that. I shouldn't have done that. The frustration. You see, this frustration is not something that's just exclusive to us. I think it's exclusive to anybody who has ever been touched by the Holy Spirit or felt the conviction of the Holy Spirit. 
we can go all the way back to Romans chapter seven days when Apostle Paul gives us this hypothetical um, presented in verse. I'm going to read from verse 14 to 18. Um, Romans chapter 7 verse 14 18 says this is Paul, Paul speaking for we know that the law is spiritual but I am carnal sold under sin for what I am doing I do not understand for what I will to do that I do not practice but what I hate that I do if then I do what I will not to do I agree with the law that it is good but now it is no longer I who do it but sin that dwells in me for I know that in me, that is in my flesh, nothing good dwells. For to will is present with me, but how to perform what is good, I do not find. Woo! That's a lot. That's a lot. That's a lot. That's a lot. Here, Apostle Paul is talking about a hypothetical self. That is without Christ. And that's the key thing. He's not talking about someone who is rooted in Christ. Because he's talking about how he can't help but sin. Sin, sin, sin. And that, that was us. Because before we accepted Christ into our lives, we were dead to sin. All these sinful, dead to sin, I'm telling you. All this sinful stuff in our life. Some of us, we, we could sin and we wouldn't even feel it. And we could even know that it was wrong. So what? We were dead to sin. But then things start to change. Maybe the spirit starts to tug on us a little bit. And now we start to be enlightened. Like Paul talks about how the law taught him what was right. So he started to know what was right. But at the same time, he had the will to do what was right, but because of the sinful nature that was overpowering him, that was ruling over his life to perform it. Oh, no, 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 no. He was lost. And I think that a lot of us Christians can relate to this. When we lose sight of the gospel, I think that although he's talking about someone who is you know not like doesn't have the spirit in them the holy spirit in them i think a lot of us can feel like this we can feel like this when we lose sight of very important things that i want to talk about today so ultimately i want to offer you something the person who was very frustrated with the habitual sin that persists in their life i want to offer you some relief today and i hope that um and i pray that um god touches you in a way that truly relieves you from that frustration and truly relieves you from the stress of trying to be holy and of trying to you know meet this standard and continuing to fall in this cycle i'm hoping to offer you something today Many of us find ourselves similar to this person that Apostle Paul is describing in Romans chapter 7. The will to do good is present, but to, to, to perform it, we need help. We fall, and then we ask for forgiveness, and then we fall again. Or, you know, we try to, to handle things practically, so we're going to take on our accountability partners, right? 
um, and we're going to make no, new routines and we're going to meditate on the word of God and so on and so forth. And all these things are great. And they are things that you should be doing. You're going to do all your spiritual disciplines, all these things. Mark all these, you know, these tasks. Check all these boxes. But still, this sin is persisting. And I think I know why. And we're going to talk about it. We're going to talk about it. Nevertheless. You're frustrated right now. You're irritated right now. And a lot of times this frustration, this irritation, us being cognizant of the fact that we are not measuring up and we are not seeing the progress that we want to see in our lives can cause a lot of self-deprecating thoughts. And it can also ignite a lot of guilt. Oh, yeah. And we know how powerful that guilt can be. That guilt can build the wall between you and God. So just know if, if it's anything that's building a wall between you and God, it's not God. And I need you to understand that. I need you to understand that. You see, if the prodigal son was victim to guilt, he would have never came to himself and go back to the father. You know, for us, sometimes we get the idea that the father is is the voice in our head that's saying that you are way too dirty to be praying to me or to come back to me after you just did that. You didn't listen to me. You should never come back to me. That is not the father. Jesus told us in the parable who the father was. And the father was a person who saw his son in the distance and ran after him to embrace him. That's the God that we serve. Not the voice that's saying, stay away from me. It's the voice that's saying, please, I, I just need to know that you're still into this. And I will, I'm running after you. Man, probably running after you before you even come to yourself. But nevertheless, man. We find ourselves burdened with the frustration and the irritation and the guilt and now the thoughts of self-deprecation. We want to do what is right and we're trying, but things are just not working. But I need you to understand that what's happening right now is that you are experiencing the power of your sinful nature, the power of it. It's powerful. It's a powerful sinful nature that you have. Every time it's hard for you to break a sinful habit, every time you fall into temptation, you have just become a, a you have just experienced your sinful nature, the power of your sinful nature. It's not that you're irrational, right? It's not your irrational that that you know you're only sinning because you have made mistakes and so on and so forth. You can be rational. But the reality is your sinful nature is more powerful than your rationale. Like just your rationale, your sinful nature is more powerful than your rationale, which is why we need something beyond our own wisdom. And our own self-control and our own rationale and our own power in order to overcome the power of our sinful nature.
And that's why it's so important for us to remember the cross. That's the encouragement for today is to remember the cross. And of course, it's amazing because hopefully you just came off of an entire weekend of remembering the cross. To remember what Jesus Christ has done for you and what that means. Because interestingly enough, it's not just that he showed love. He showed love through the death. But his love is also captured in the resurrection. And his love is also captured in what now, what that now means. <laughs> Matthew chapter 11, verse 28 to 29. This is what Jesus said. He said, come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Jesus gave an invitation to the people who were laboring in order to measure up to holiness. These are people who were burdened by the weight of trying to be perfect but continuing to fall short. These are people who were scared that they were too dirty for salvation. These are people that were frustrated with the sin in their lives. They felt like they were hopeless. Sounds a lot like some of us. How we feel. He tells them to take his yoke. He tells them to learn from him. You know, I, I for, for forever, you know, when I used to read these, I didn't really understand what yoke meant. I kind of meant, I understood what it meant contextually. But, you know, more recently, I, I've understood when it says to take his yoke, he's talking about really, in, in the simplest terms, subjecting ourselves under him. Yoke comes from like, you know, that's the reason why uh, I feel like you see it more in Catholicism than you see it in Christianity. But you know how like the preachers be having that collar like this? That's symbolic of taking the yoke. Like it's a yoke. And like a yoke is essentially like, you know, I think in, in its like purest form, no analogy, is like in farming when you have like, I think that was like a plow machine or whatever, you have, you put the yoke, which is like the hook that you put on the ox that drags the machinery, right? Um, so when you put the yoke on the ox, you're essentially like the ox is serving you, serving your purpose. It's serving, you know, it's doing what you want it to do. It's under your subjection. So when we talk about taking the yoke of Christ, we're talking about taking on that, that uh, service to him, um, subjecting ourselves to him. So he says, take my yoke and learn from me. He's saying, take my yoke, subject yourself to me. And become my student. He says he's gentle. He's a gentle teacher. And it says he's lowly at heart. What does it mean that we serve a God that's lowly? It means that we serve a God who comes down to us. 
Jesus said that, learn from him. He is gentle and he's lowly in heart. He condescends to us. And that's, you know, when we think of condescension, we think, oh, you're condescending. Like, like it's, you know, it's disrespectful. But no, not in this, not in this context. It's him coming down to meet us where we're at. It's, it's the father running towards the prodigal son that he saw in the distance. That's the God that we serve. I need you to understand this because so much of his love is expressed in how he's lowly. He comes down. This is the God that created the entire universe. If he said, I ain't coming down to nothing, I'm sitting right here on my throne, who can say that he's wrong for that? But he comes down. Man, like, have you ever had anybody do you dirty and you're sitting there waiting for an apology? How much would it take in you <laughs> to come down? And go to that person that just did you dirty. Go to that person and try to make amends. Oh, my God. Now, imagine being the creator of the universe. And this person has sinned against you their entire life. Man. It would have to take real love for me to be a lowly person that will go and try and amend, make amends with people who did me dirty throughout their entire lives. And that's the love that God has. He says, I will give you rest for your souls. It's in Jesus that we find rest for our souls from striving, 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 striving to keep a perfect standard. And he, let me say this. It's not bad to want to be perfect and want to be holy. Even Bible says, be holy as your father in heaven is holy. That's honestly the aim. That's the end goal. That's how we're going to be, right? In, in New Jerusalem, when we have our new bodies and everything, it's lit, you know? Um, but you have to know how to get there. And, and when, we, when, we, when we forget how to get there, that's when a lot of the frustration comes. Because when we think that we get there by our own willpower, our own rationale, working and fighting against our sinful flesh so then we can overpower it, so then we can be holy all the time, and you're going to lose every time. Your, your, your sinful nature is stronger than you. You need something else. So this is a message to those who are frustrated by their own sin. The something else that you need is the Holy Spirit. It's the Holy Spirit. That's it. That like that is the that is the mm, like that that is everything right there. Like you know what I'm saying? That's everything right there. It's Holy Spirit. Oh man. So those who are frustrated with their their sin, the sin in their lives, man. Like you know this cycle, so on and so forth. You and you're frustrated that you keep on not doing the right thing. Thank God that you see it. Thank God that you notice it. Thank God that you recognize that the thing you're doing is wrong. And I'm happy that it's bothering you. Because what that shows me is that at the very least, God has enlightened you enough in order for you to recognize your sin, to recognize that is not holy, to recognize your own depravity and to recognize your own spiritual bankruptcy. I stole that word from John MacArthur. Spiritual bankruptcy. And sure, you can be frustrated. And, and I, I understand. 
You can be frustrated with the fact that you did this sin again. But at the same time, let that frustration not turn into hopelessness because the very fact that you are frustrated, the very fact that you are bothered by the fact that you fell back into sin is evidence. That's how I know you got the spirit in you. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because he's moving in you. He's making it so sinning is uncomfortable. The sin is uncomfortable. You know, because there's some people that are dead in sin. They, they'll sin and... But the Holy Spirit's moving. Mm. And because he's moving, now there's tension between your behavior and your will. Now there's tension. Oh, my gosh. And we get frustrated when there's tension. But really, the tension is evidence that the spirit is moving, man. <laughs> the spirit is moving. And, and that, that can be hope. That can be hope. I get it. You know, it's tough. It's tough. But the spirit's moving, bro. And that should be a reason for you to not. Don't, 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 don't like... Don't give up. Don't flunk out. Keep it going. Keep it moving. But I still know that ultimately the goal is that, all right, you know, the sin's right here. Our will's right here. There's this tension. But we want to relieve ourselves of the tension by becoming more like Christ and moving in the conviction of the Holy Spirit, overcoming sinful nature, so on and so forth. So how do we get rid of that tension? We're happy that it's there because it's evidence that the spirit is moving. But as we continue on in this, in this walk, I would want the tension to go away because that means that the spirit is truly overcoming or uh, my spirit is walking with the spirit um, and I'm overcoming this sinful nature. So how do we get rid of the tension? We get rid of the tension. The same way we get rid of the, the, the laboring and the heavy laden is when we answer the invitation of Jesus Christ when he says, come on to me. When he says to take his yoke and learn from him. Mm, 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 mm. Let's go back to Romans chapter 7 when the Apostle Paul speaks about that, his, that, that tension between his will and his sinful nature, the solution that would free him from that tension. Verse 24, O wretched man that I am, who will deliver me from this body of death? And his answer is given in verse 25. Excuse me, sorry. In verse 25, I thank God through Jesus Christ, our Lord, because Jesus is the answer. He is the answer for breaking. He's the answer for freeing us from sin. He is the, also the answer of breaking habitual sin that, that continues in our lives even after uh, he comes into our hearts. Let's read Romans chapter 8, verse 11 to 14. It says, but if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. Therefore, brethren, we are debtors not to the flesh 
to live according to the flesh. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. What is this? What is this place saying? What is this passage saying? It's saying that the word teaches us. Sorry. It's saying that the word is teaching us that the Holy Spirit. It's by the Holy Spirit. Which we receive when we put our faith in Jesus Christ. We mortify the deeds of the flesh. We have life. We can control ourselves. We can overcome sinful nature. Not by your rationale. Not by your own wisdom. Not by your own willpower. It says by the Spirit, the Holy Spirit. The same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead. The same spirit that raised Christ from the dead lives in you. I told you that you are not powerful enough for your own sinful nature because your sinful nature is more powerful than you. But thank God that the story doesn't end there because the Bible says the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead lives in you. In you. We're talking about that spirit is much more powerful than you. And surely it's much more powerful than your sinful nature. And that's the spirit that dwells in us. That's technically the same spirit that created this entire universe and galaxy. Thank God that our deliverance from sin, likewise our habitual sin, does not completely rest on just our willpower and our rationale. And our own power. But we have our spirit. I'm sorry. The Holy Spirit within us. Really what I want you to do. Is trust God with your spiritual maturity. Trust him. Trust him. Trust him. Trust him. If I'm honest with you. The stress doesn't do much. The guilt does nothing. And I'm not saying to go on sinning unremorsefully. That's not what I'm saying. <laughs> of course, you should always, you know, the commitment. And we'll get to that in a second. We're talking about the commitment. The commitment is real. But we ought to trust God. Like, we get so frustrated. A lot of times we get frustrated because we're trying to handle it. We're trying to handle it ourselves we're trying to make promises we're trying to we're still trying to depend on our own willpower and our own rationale but that's not how we are delivered mm. being a christian let me talk my experience being a christian was not me putting my faith in Jesus Christ, and then boom, I never sinned again. Theoretically, can that be possible? I'm not going to say it can't be. But that wasn't my journey. For me, being a Christian is being a student. 
a student of God, and typically students don't become experts overnight. Um, and I don't think we become like Christ overnight either. I think that spiritual maturity can be a process. Well, it is a process. Um, and we should acknowledge that. And, and it doesn't mean that, you know, God's spirit is not in you. God's spirit is in you. But there's also the process of us learning how to walk with the spirit. And it's the process of learning us learning how to live in the spirit and be filled by the spirit and, and to 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 hear the spirit to 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 recognize the spirit's voice and to to lean in that direction and follow that and you know sometimes man you know we still might go into our old ways and so on and so forth but thank god for his grace 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 thank god that my righteousness does not depend on me never making any mistakes but it depends on me putting my faith in Jesus Christ because I can then afford to even have the space to, to really commit to God while I'm still overcoming all of this sinful nature and, and the war and the battle. I'm speaking to those who are frustrated with the sin in their lives. Please do not lose hope. Do not lose hope. That's what the devil wants you to do. Don't flunk out. My thing is, if you're frustrated with the sin in your life, the, the way to not be frustrated is either two things. You either lean more into God and the Holy Spirit is purifying you or because you got to get rid of that tension, right? You either go the spirit's way or you go the way of your flesh and you go back to being dead to sin. So then when you sin, you don't feel bad about it. <laughs> Those are the two options you have. I'm going the spirit's way. You might say, well, I'm tired. I'm tired of disappointing God. I'm tired of falling short. I'm tired of sinning. I'm tired. I'm tired. I'm so tired of this frustration. I'm so tired of this tension. I'm so tired of it. Romans chapter 8, verse 33, 34. Let me tell you about the God that we serve. Who shall bring a charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies. Who is he who condemns? It is Christ who died and furthermore is also risen, who is even at the right hand of God, who also makes intercession for us. The God that I serve, the God that we are talking about, is the one that's justifying you after you sin. He's not the voice that's saying, don't ever pray back to me because you're too dirty. No, 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 no. He's the voice that's justifying you after you sin. Not because, oh, he's still a good guy. No, because my son died for that. Likewise, Jesus is the one that's interceding because we all know that you could be a mess. He's not, though. So he intercedes for us. We're talking about a God who is gentle and lowly at heart and who's wanting to teach us. He wants us to learn from him. 
man, here's what I really want everybody to understand. You cannot deliver yourself from your own sinful nature. You can't. You can't. It's not, I'm going to do A, B, and C, so then I stop sinning. No. No, 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 no. By the Spirit, we mortify the deeds of the flesh. By the Spirit. It's not about your works. It's about, if I can put it in the simplest words, your commitment. God wants your commitment. And the Spirit moves through that commitment, through that relationship through that faith through that heart posture the prayer the the scripture reading those things are good but we have to understand that that's not what makes you holy there are people that read the bible more than you and their goal is to criticize it so it's not just it's not just reading it's not just prayer it's not just not eating when you're fasting the spiritual disciplines don't make you holy the spiritual disciplines are meant to really carry out our commitment if there's no commitment and there's no faith and there's no relationship then you're just doing those things. But it's the commitment that needs to be emphasized, the intimacy that needs to be emphasized. And we, we do that by the spiritual disciplines. The spiritual disciplines are the, the, the means to an end. They are not the end that makes you holy. It is the means by which we practice, we live out our commitment. It's the means by which we 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 um exercise intimacy and it's through the intimacy through the commitment that the spirit moves in us and we mortify the deeds of the flesh i know that sounds weird but it's not just about the spiritual disciplines it's not just about doing a b and c the same way it's not just about following the commandments of god i know that sounds so crazy but bear with me the young rich ruler came to jesus oh my god god is so good the young rich ruler matthew chapter 19 verse 16 to 26 that's your homework the young rich ruler came to jesus and said what do i have to do to have eternal life and jesus said follow my commandments you know them follow them he said i've done all of this what else hmm. as if because it's like it's as if this is not what the bible says but this is my interpretation he asked what else as if like he wasn't satisfied with the answer. Hmm. It's like, okay, I've been doing the commandments, but like as if he, he felt like something was missing. <laughs> and he was right. <laughs> he was right. So he asked Jesus the question, well, what else? And Jesus told him, take everything you have, sell it to the poor and follow me. Which is to say, put me first 
forget about this world and its treasures. Make me your center. And what did he do? He went off. He left crying. <laughs> the Bible says because he had a lot of good stuff. And Jesus said it's easier for a camel to fit through the eye of a needle than it is for a rich man to enter into the kingdom of God. I say that because it's 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 not just about the following commandments and the devotional, the Bible reading, go to Bible study, go to Sunday service, go to because if you do all those things without the commitment, without putting them as your center, without without then you miss it. Because our righteousness, our purification, it does not stem from our actions. It stems from the Holy Spirit. Because by the Spirit, we mortify the deeds of the flesh. So who is you? Who are you? There I go. <laughs> who are you that is being dragged, dragged by the frustration of sin. Last week I was frustrated with just feeling like, why am I still dealing with this? But today I'm relieved. <sighs> because I remember that it's not me that'll save myself. Mm. I can't save myself. Like, I can't read enough articles and recite enough verses that will save me if the spirit is not moving through it all. If 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 I'm not relying on the spirit. Hmm. I told you guys how I've been addicted to pride. Before pride, I mean, well, I think pride has been a thing my whole life. It's still something that I'm fighting. What what happened? Even 11 years of my life addicted to pornography. Hmm. But it wasn't until I started to acknowledge the role of the Holy Spirit. There's a shift. There's a shift. It's April. It's been three years since I've fallen back into that sin. That's crazy. Glory be to God. April 2020. Three years. Hmm. Yup. Yup. And yes, unassociated it started before that. <sighs> so yeah. In case you were thinking that. God deliver me. Hmm. By the Spirit. By the Spirit. By the Spirit. By the Spirit. Thanks be to God. Oh, wretched man I was. Oh, wretched men and women we were. Who? Who? 
Who is it that can save us from this body of death? Thanks be to God. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Who came down in the flesh and died for my sins. And then resurrected. So when I join myself to him, I can die to my old self and resurrect as a new creation. No longer held down by the rule of sin over my life, but free. Learning to walk with the Spirit in the path of righteousness. Glory be to God. Let's pray. Father God, thank you. Thank you so much for this time. Thank you so much for this word. And I am praying to all of us frustrated with the sinful cycles. Make the shift. Help us to no longer be um, focused on what we can do and how we can save ourselves, but instead acknowledge that it's by your spirit. Acknowledge that the first action that needs to be taken, the most important action, is for us to commit ourselves to you. To put you at the center, Father. To put you at the center, oh God. And we'll continue with our spiritual disciplines, but we understand the purpose of it is not for us to be more holy, but for us to continue to exercise putting you at the center the center of it all be the center of it all oh god you are our deliverance oh god deliver us oh god from this habits of sin help us to walk in the freedom exercise in the freedom live in the freedom that you've already given us in jesus name amen Thank you all for this episode. I tell you, man, I ain't going to hold you. This was one of the messages when I was like planning it out. I had to stop and do like a worship break. I don't say that. To, <laughs> I don't say that to like, uh, you know, I don't want to tell people I'm worshiping God. But like, you know, like I had to stop and do a worship break, bro. Because like when you truly understand or at least get a glimpse of what God has done. Mm. Worship is the reaction. Like it just needs to happen. It needs to happen, man. But I love you guys. You guys have an amazing uh week or day or evening, whatever it may be. Um, you see me next week. Peace out. Mm-hmm.